Welcome to Conversations with Marlon Bolton, the podcast. On Conversations, we exchange thoughts and ideas with people from different experiences and backgrounds, which help shape a better quality of life for our residents. These conversations bring fresh perspectives that foster our city's growth and resilience. Our conversation starts right now. Welcome to another podcast. My name is Marlon Bolton, and this is Conversations, where we talk to interesting people with lots of exciting updates that are great for our city and our residents in the city of Tamarack. And today's guest is Dr. Jerry Brooks. Very educated man. So very happy to have you, Dr. Brooks. Welcome to my couch. Thank you. Glad to be here. Awesome. Dr. Brooks, let's get right into it. Before I ask you all of your accolades and, you know, all the things that you've accomplished, tell me something very fun about you. I have three football teams that I follow. Kansas City Chiefs. Mm. The former Washington Redskins, now the uh, the Washington football team, and the Dolphins. Really? Really? I'm a big sports fan, although I don't play sports myself, but I'm extremely interested in sports. But I've always said that if you talk politics, if you talk religion, if you talk sports, you're going to be in trouble. <laughs> so I think you you just got yourself in trouble with a couple of people. Well, I got to explain, though, because um, I'm a Kansas City Born and raised, mm. I was there for the Kansas City Chiefs' first Super Bowl win. Really? They lost to the Green Bay Packers in the very first Super Bowl. Then they beat the Vikings, I think, in the third or fourth one. But then they were silent for 50 years mm. until Mahomes. Yeah. Um, just in the you know last year or two. And um, so they're the team of my heart. But I trained in Washington, D.C., and when right. I was there, there were two Super Bowl winners, and uh, they were great. Rigo Theismann. Um, was one of them, um, you know, and it was just fantastic. And uh, I've been down here in South Florida for 32 years and, you know, got to love the Dolphins too. So if the teams play, I rank them that way. <laughs> Nothing personal, but that's just the way I got to do it. All right. Well, I'm sure that our celebrity listeners who are athletes as well will not hold it against you. All right. <laughs> Dr. Brooks, tell me about your professional career and, of course, you know, all the things that you have accomplished academically. I mean, you were high school valedictorian and you graduated Stanford. Yes. Oh, I, my gosh. Harvard College of Medicine. Howard. Howard. We called it How Hard. <laughs> no, really, How Hard in Washington, D.C. How Hard. Right, Howard, because they put you through so much <laughs> yeah. that you could go anywhere and do anything. Wow. Tell me about your journey um, through school oh, professionally. Oh, I always really, you know, when med school came, you know, well, I always— really saw myself as a physician. When med school came, as I was finishing, going through the rotations, I was trying to decide what the specialty would be. It came down to um, emergency medicine, obstetrics, and internal medicine. And after doing the rotations, I realized in emergency medicine, I could do them all. Wow. Just in emergency. And then I could see the results quickly. So for all the reasons that I decided to go into emergency medicine then, they're still valid now, especially wow. with the COVID situation, because any yeah. emergency physician worth his or her, uh, you know, worth their weight, they uh, got to weigh in on this because we got to make a difference. Yeah. Yeah. And you spent 32 years at Broward Health North. Yes. In the whole wow. system. Yeah. I, um, yeah. 
I was the director of the ER there at Briar Health North for 24 years and um, oh instrumental in building the new ER there, yeah. um, uh, along with a lot of other people, a lot of administrators. Ms. Grant was big on that. Wow. Um, uh, and then I became the chief medical officer for the emergency services, and that was for four years. Um, and that uh, was a big job. It was fun. And mm-hmm. now I'm just uh, doing some EMS and working uh, about less than half the number of clinical shifts, but I'm still in the fight and trying to make a difference. Yeah. And you're with us now in Tamarack. You are making a lot of difference uh, here, and we're so grateful that you are on Team Tamarack. And we're glad, glad to be here. Thank you so much, Dr. Brooks. We have a very interesting topic today, very important. And a lot of parents are going to have to stay glued to this podcast because we're going to talk about vaccines for their children. But first, let's talk about vaccine safety and its effectiveness. How safe are vaccines, Dr. Brooks? A lot of people in our community do not trust vaccines. All right, let's take this to the beginning. Right. Everybody listening to this who grew up in this country, you've been vaccinated Mm -hmm. multiple times. You've had boosters multiple times, right? The COVID vaccine is by far the safest vaccine you've ever had or that we've ever seen, okay? Um, So there's a lot of kickback on this vaccine, this is the safest one. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're going to get one, this is the one. Right. It, and and the the technology I hear is, is cutting edge. Yes. Actually, it's mRNA, mm-hmm. right? Messenger RNA. And, okay, a lot of people say, oh, wow, they got this vaccine so fast. Well, not really, because they didn't start off running a 100-yard dash mm-hmm. at the one. They started at the 60-yard line because there was already scientists that had infectious disease and uh, cancer knowledge working with the mRNA for 10, 15 years. Mm -hmm. So they got to start at the 60, right? Right. And then all the scientists in the world, instead of coming up with their great finds and trying to hoard it to themselves and get their name out there, they shared it. So you had not starting at the 1, starting at the 60, and everybody Mm -hmm. sharing Right. And that's why we got this vaccine so quick. Mm. And it went through all the trials that all the other vaccines went through. Yeah. So somebody said, oh, it happened too fast. No, it happened fast for a reason. I'm happy it happened fast. Uh, I was very uh, selfless with the vaccine. I wanted to make sure that people in my community uh, were well taken care of. Tamrac is still... Uh, very much a senior community, senior city. And so I wanted to make sure that my residents were at the front of the line. And so I prayed every single day. I I wanted to take it at the very first moment, but I couldn't. It it was being rolled out to our older population first, and and I Mm -hmm. rarely wanted. But as soon as I felt that it was time to jump in the line, I got my vaccine. I had no complications, uh, no no side effects. It was amazing. And so my son is seven years old. And so this topic is very important to me because obviously he is now in that place in the line where I was. So why should my child get vaccinated? Okay. Um, 
we all know at this point that COVID-19 can sicken all ages, can sicken kids as well. There is no way to actually predict how each individual is going to go through this process. Um, some people get an infection and they have no symptoms. Mm-hmm. They're like an asymptomatic carrier. Other people, however, will have minor cold or flu symptoms, others more severe if you're immunocompromised. So there's a whole gradation of responses. There's no way to really predict it. Um, And um, when you look at how many we've already had out there, there's been, um, you know, kids that have contracted COVID-19. There's been tens of thousands in this country, and there's also been um, hundreds hospitalized and died. The numbers, when you look at it disproportionately, um, well, kids actually do better because they, um, but if your kid's the one that gets sick, it's 100% for for them. Right. Um, And then when you look at the numbers, um, as the number of infections are there and increasing, the sheer number of kids that are going to have to present to the emergency department goes up. And of all the kids that present to the ER, mm. percentage of those are going to get admitted. Right. And a percentage of those are going to go to the unit and mm. a percentage of those are going to die. It's just when you start to get the big numbers. Right. And it's just the way it is. So it's wow. uh, potentially a very, very serious, um, you know, pandemic, a serious virus. Um, and uh, the other thing is that even if you're one of the lucky ones, that doesn't contract, have all the symptoms, right. you got to think about the other people because you could be an asymptomatic carrier. Mm-hmm. Uncles, aunts, grandparents, uh, people at church, people right. at school. So right. you got to think not only about yourself, but think about others. So getting your kid vaccinated will help prevent them from transmitting. Mm-hmm. I had a community leader once tell me that he's not going to get the vaccine. He does not believe that COVID existed. A community leader. And I was very disappointed when I heard him saying that. And his children got COVID, brought it home to his wife. He had a wake-up call. We see this trend, not just locally, but all over the country. I'm glad that people are now waking up. And I'm now glad that people are able to get vaccinated And now vaccines are becoming available for children. And so let's talk about that community leader's son or daughter. I don't want to be specific. But let's say his child had COVID. Does that child now have to get vaccinated? Sure. What happens is this. We talked about the spectrum of COVID infection Mm -hmm. from asymptomatic spreader to the very serious cases. Once somebody has been affected and infected by COVID, their body will uh, produce an immune response. Hopefully it's a forceful one. And once you get that immune response going, right, if you get the disease, your antibodies will go up at a certain pace. Uh But then they're going to peak and then they're going to start to drop. Uh And when those antibodies drop below a certain threshold, it makes you more susceptible to getting it. And in fact, as you mentioned that, um, I know of multiple cases of people who had that same argument who said, oh, I got COVID. I don't need to get vaccinated. Several of the people have already had COVID twice. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, but the caveat, the saving grace is, if you get COVID, get healthy, wait your time, 
then you get the vaccine, your immune response will be better than the person who never had COVID and just had the vaccine. Oh, my goodness. Yes, yes. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I, I know several people who had COVID, had COVID again, survived it, and now they're like, I'm getting this vaccine. So they got their vaccine, and now they're okay. Now they're able to, in some way, protect their neighbors. Dr. Brooks, where can my child get vaccinated? Where can I get vaccinated? Where can the the community, our residents, get vaccinated? Okay, at this point, um, you can get vaccinated in so many places. What I recommend is going to Mm vaccines.gov. Okay, that's one source. You can text your zip code to 438829, and they'll tell you the closest place to you where you can get the vaccine. Or you can call the number one 800 232-0233. And these are all good ways. The telephone number is 1-800-232-0233. You can also check with uh, your child's uh, school system um, or their health care provider. But these are all the ways you can get the vaccine. You don't have to pay for it. It's free even if you don't have insurance, and it doesn't matter your immigration status. Uh So it's paid for. You just have to go and find it. Yeah. The the Broward County School Board is doing such an awesome job. Dr. Osgood, the chair of the school board, is rolling out information every single day. Lori Adelhoff, the representative for parts of Tamarack, is always on the ball with uh, this type of information. And the schools themselves, they're, they're sending out information to the parents and to the wider community about the availability of the vaccine. So if your child is in school, has not yet gotten vaccinated, I'm sure your child's school is offering the vaccination. But Dr. Brooks, how can I prepare my child for their COVID-19 vaccination shot? Is there anything that I have to look out for or how do I prepare? Oh, there's much you can do. And it's uh, a lot of it is age appropriate. Um, you know, to a lot of kids, getting a shot is kind of a scary uh, endeavor. Somebody's poking you with something sharp. Um, <laughs> and so what you want to do is try to comfort the child, you know, tell them exactly what's going to happen, tell them what they're going to feel, um, be honest about it all. You might feel a little pinprick, a little burning and all of that. Um, but it's only for a short time. And if uh, one technique is if you tell a kid to take a real deep breath, And by the time he tries to blow all the air out over like a five count, four count, three count, the pain will be gone. So it'll be just Mm. quick pain, right, to kind of distract him off of that. Um, And then just explain to him that, you know, you're getting these vaccines and they're going to take care of some germs that are out there trying to attack you. Mm. And uh, let them know about the all the ones they've had before. And this is just another one to help them along down the road. Um, we recommend that you don't give any um, Tylenol, Motrin, any kind of pain relievers before they get vaccinated because you don't want to blunt the response. But after they get vaccinated in that first 24 hours, day and a half, they may get a little achy, um, aches and pains and those kind of things, um, pain swelling a little bit at the side, cold mm-hmm. compresses, Tylenol, Motrin, just, you know, the usual kind of stuff. So, Okay. Okay. Good. And that's the uh, um, also couple other little points, uh, depending on the age of the kid. Yeah. If your kid has a favorite toy, mm-hmm. 
favorite blanket. Have them bring that with them as they are getting their vaccine. And this will be kind of they're bringing their, their, their crew or their clan with them, and it'll be easier for them. Also, try to get the child, if he's smaller, in a position of comfort. Try to hold them, support them. Um, never kind of get to that point where you're pinning the kid down and trying to force the shot on him. That's going to kind of scar him. He's going to have a bad experience yeah. with his shots. So you don't want to do any of those, those kind of things. Um, and uh, But that's pretty much it. It's age-appropriate, and just, you know, think of the kid and try to have him get through this process, explain it on his terms at his age level. Right, right. I'm, I'm sure a lot of people are home and they are wondering, oh my gosh, I'm going to put a vaccine in my child's arm. Um, how's my child going to react? What's going to happen? Tell us, Dr. Brooks, how vaccines work. Okay, okay. We first talked about how effective the mRNA uh, vaccines are. And we didn't start from zero. We already had experience with infectious disease for years and also working with cancer. What happens is um, they figured out that the one of the critical steps in becoming infected, when the virus gets into your body, it has what looks like a little triangular cap. And this is like a spike, and it uses the spike to cut your cell open and then jump in and hijack your cell to make itself. So most of our vaccines are basically targeting this little spike. Mm. So what happens with the vaccine, you inject a little tiny amount of the spike. You're not putting the whole bug into the body, mm. just a little cap. So you can't really get the disease just from that. Right. Um, your body will say, hey, this is foreign. We need to take this out of here. So you'll develop antibodies to it. They'll be flushed out of your system in about a day and a half. And then the next time after your immunity is there that you see this little cap, mm-hmm. it'll attack it before it gets inside the cell. So that's wow. how it basically works. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I think you were a teacher in your past life. Huh? No, I just, I, I kind of <laughs> just like it. Though, you know? <laughs> Dr. Brooks is a longtime medical expert worked with Broward Health for over 32 years, went to Howard College of Medicine, graduated Stanford, and has a whole list of letters behind his name that I'm trying to figure out, okay, all right, what what does that one mean? What does that one mean? Dr. Brooks, I know you've given us a wealth of information, but it is important that the people uh, that our residents understand that the information is coming from a very good source. And so you've not just practiced in Florida for 32 years, but you practice in D.C. uh, and Ohio and Virginia. Um, Tell me about that journey. Oh, uh, when I finished at Howard, um, I went to Cleveland Mm. for a couple of years. It's cold in Cleveland. Yes, it is. (laughs) In fact, my wife at the time one day when I came home said, we got to get out of here. And I thought she was kidding. And she came around and got in front of me and said, we got to get out of here. No yeah. problem. So then we went back to D.C. D- She's from um, California. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so from, from one cold place to another cold place. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, but D.C. is still not as bad as Cleveland. There's right. only maybe three months of, of warm weather. Oh. It snowed the end of uh, the middle of May. It snowed. Stop it. Yeah, it did when I was there. Wow. And the sun only came out one year, only came out about six or seven days. Jeez. So if you're depressed, don't go there. But 
<laughs> Met a lot of good friends in Cleveland. Uh-huh. Um, unfortunately, the uh, the Browns they would get there and lose. But no, so then uh, made it back to D.C. Um, Thought D.C. was going to probably be it. Um, Lived in the outskirts of uh, D.C. I love D.C. Right. Best little big city in the world. And um, as fate would have it, you know, built my dream home, saved up for years, built my dream home. And then my daughter turned two years old and -hmm. started losing her hearing. And we couldn't figure it out. And she lost a considerable amount of her uh, neurosensory hearing, which is permanent, and took her to specialists. And they said, you got to get to warm weather to preserve the rest of her hearing. Ergo, we're in Florida. And she came along at a time when the technology for hearing aids was going through the roof. Mm -hmm. Of course, had to work hard to get those expensive aids. But that wasn't a problem. Mm -hmm. But she was able to be um, main-schooled. And actually exhaled. She wound up going to Pinecrest, uh, FAU. So and she's still living in the warm weather and wow. uh, doing computer graphics, helping me out. She helped me out with some of the stuff yes. for this uh, podcast. But no, <laughs> so we've been lucky. But that's the story. I'm, you know, we're gonna be here in Florida. It's our home. Um, although I do like to travel, and I, I want everything to calm down so that the traveling can begin again. So right. if everybody just, you know. If you think about yourself and think about others, get your vaccine. And the other thing is, wear your mask, the three W's. You know, wear your mask when mm-hmm. you need to. Yes. Watch your distances, okay? Wash your hands. In fact, actually, just doing that has made the regular cold and flu, the influenza A and B, mm-hmm. put them at bay. Yes. And, but they're still out there. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, and unfortunately, right now, because... We live in the warm weather, and we're liking it when it gets a little cool. But everybody else around the country, they live in the cold weather states, are coming down. And uh-huh. some of them may be bringing things that are not good. So yeah. keep your guard up. And I guess, you know, personally, I'm thinking that we're going to get our test in South Florida in the next month. Okay. So Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, probably in the middle of January, uh, we're going to probably see what's going to happen with it. And hopefully we can maintain because right. – uh, what happens with the ER, it, it's, it's the craziest thing. Mm-hmm. The volumes will spike. When COVID really hits, the volumes go up to hurricane numbers. Wow. Right? I mean, bumper capacity. And then when COVID's not there and it's pretty low, they'll go down to below normal averages. So mm-hmm. there's big swings. Yeah. And we're just trying to get us in the middle again. You know, right. So. Right. And you have been a fighter um, in the battle um, against COVID-19 since it started. Yeah, yeah. Um, this will be a, like the fourth time that I've addressed the public on it. The first time was at Broward Health North. Um, they asked the, uh, they asked us basically if we would do like a podcast for the community. Uh, at the time, you know, people didn't want to get vaccinated. They had these stereotypes, Tuskegee study and all the things in their mind. So we did a podcast explaining to them, yeah, some of those things were wrong. This is totally different. Right. right. You need to get this. It will help you out. You're the ones that are more at risk than everybody else. So you're not helping by not getting it. Get yeah. the vaccine. It's safe. OK, mm-hmm. so that was the first one. Um, then I would speak with um, some of the city employees for Tamarack at their lunchtime because there was so much skepticism about the vaccine. And I would just field questions for an hour. So they'd be out there having lunch and we'd be in the parking lot going back and forth. And I would meet the people wherever their knowledge base was and mm-hmm. try to walk them forward. Right. Um, everybody will have a reason to get the vaccine. 
So if you have someone that doesn't want to get it, ask them why aren't they getting it. And yep. you can figure it out. And then once you get to that point, just bring the knowledge base forward. Uh-huh. Right? Um, so that was the second one. The third one, uh, clergy um, and Tamarack. There were probably at least six, seven different types of clergy. The mayor had asked me to do it. It was really good because uh, they asked me questions. I gave them all the answers, most current information, and then they took that back to their churches. And so that was an outreach to try to, you know, get people to be on board. And then this is the, uh, the next one. The fourth. Yeah, the fourth. I'm so, so very grateful that you came by and gave us all the information that you did. Thank you so very much. I know I took the vaccine because I'm always on the front line helping our residents. I did not want to put them at risk. I knew, at least in my heart, that maybe one day, someday, my son would have come home with COVID and I did not want to be one of the unlucky ones. So... I made a decision to protect myself, my family, and to protect my community. My family has made a decision to protect our son uh, because we want to protect all the other students in his class. And I hope that people who listen to this podcast today will follow suit. One thing that the people listening have to understand, this is a real arms race. And when you look at the life cycle of humans compared to the life cycle of viruses, humans live anywhere from 60s to 100 plus, right? That's our turnover. That's our life cycle. These viruses live a week and a half to two weeks, and they keep turning over. So if you eradicate some, then the mutations and the resistance will keep coming. Mm -hmm. So if the longer we don't get everybody vaccinated, the the greater chance that our vaccine is not going to be effective. Um, and uh, as most folks have probably heard, there's a new one on the block that's displaced yeah. in the Delta. We don't know, um, you know, Omicron. We don't started in South Africa. It displaced Delta there. We don't know how big it's going to be, but it has more mutations in the spike area. Hmm. So we're working to stop it. It's working to propagate, and it's not political. The virus does what it does. If you mm-hmm. give it an inroad, it will do its thing. Wow. So keep that in mind. Yeah. So, um, you know, time is of the essence. We have to get on board, and we want our lifestyles to get back to pretty much the normal, and right. that's not going to happen until we get a handle on this. Yes, yes. Dr. Brooks, I like you a lot. Thank you so much for coming today. My name is Marlon Bolton, uh, the District 1 City Commissioner for the City of Tamarack for Conversations. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in to Conversations with Marlon Bolton. Brought to you by the City of Tamarack, Office of Commissioner Marlon Bolton.